Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to A Method to the Madness, the weekly podcast where we discuss, analyze, and otherwise ponder our favorite films and televised programs. I'm your host, Mitchy Hartner, and joining me today, as usual, is my co-host, Patrick Laverne. How are you, Patrick? Hello, Mitchy. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on again, as, you know, a co-host. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, every week. yeah, I mean... We kind of interchange host and co-host, but we're both equal partners in this enterprise. Indeed. Let that be known. Yes. Today, we are reviewing the movie Marriage Story by Noah Baumbach. came out in 2019 with actors Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson, along with Adsy Robertson, Laura Dern, who Laura Dern won an Academy Award for this, and Ray Liotta. Very, very touching and emotional movie. And... I'd like to start off with a quote about the subject matter this movie involves, which is divorce. Uh, the quote's by Theodore Adorno, who's a very well-known philosopher from Germany back in the 1940s, 50s. Divorce, even between good-natured, amiable, educated people, is apt to stir up a dust cloud that covers and discolors all it touches. So yeah, that's pretty much what the movie is about, which sounds pretty depressing, but we'll get into it. It's not too depressing. Who's Theodore Adorno? St- a philosopher, German philosopher, 40s and 50s. I'm not too au fait with what he does, but he does some stuff that's quite well known. Mm. So if you're interested, read into it. Um, as always, let's start off with first opinions. What did you, my co-host, think of this movie? I thought this was an overall pretty great movie. I'm not really one to watch movies about relationships. The kind of shit I like to watch usually have relationships as like a subplot. It's never the kind of the main focus. It was quite novel to me. And even if it wasn't, I'd still think this was a great exploration of that subject. And I know as we'll probably get into later on, there like this does hold up a mirror to aspects in both of our lives. And yeah, I think it's pretty phenomenal just how real it gets. And left me with a very, I don't know, left me in a very pensive mood. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, why, why don't you watch movies with relationship, Pat? Relationships, sorry. I don't know. Maybe because uh, I haven't been in many relationships myself. Uh, it's not Fair really enough. something I can relate to that hard. But, yep. and I've always kind of, I don't know, found that boring. <laughs> uh, it's, <laughs> yeah. I, I'd mu- I, Fair I, enough. I much prefer stuff that is grander in scope i suppose Mm. so you know as i said as i said before i like science fiction a lot so that's kind of yeah what do you think of this movie it's fair enough it's not not your genre um i i I love this movie so much like yeah i'm I'm the same as you i never really grew up watching kind of romance or rom-coms even like anything to do with relationships you kind of i think i think a lot of it stems from the fact that a lot of these kind of romantic movies are tacky mm. in a sense and they're not great like in terms of their quality and good movies will have relationships in them but like you said they're not really like the primary part of the narrative while in this movie it is yet yeah, it's still an incredible movie that is well agreed on by the general populace because it got nominated quite for quite a lot of different academy awards last year yeah, so I, I I really like this movie a lot, and it's just everything for it works for me. I just love the cinematography, the way it's filmed, and especially I love the acting, and the way it portrays the idea of love is just phenomenal. It's so natural, and 
and personal as well. We can all relate to it. As long as you felt love before, then this movie will touch you in some way. Mm. Anyway, let's start off with a plot summary, as usual. The one I've got today is very brief, just so you know. Yeah, not very much, not very much detail at all. That's how I like it. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good when it's like that. Um, simply put, Marriage Story follows Nicole and Charlie, who are acted by Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver, respectively, a successful New York couple through their divorce. Both Nicole and Charlie decide to have an agreeable separation without lawyers, mostly for the sake of their young son, Henry, who is acted by Atsy Robertson. Despite this, the divorce process quickly breaks down into a protracted legal procedure of deceit and lies, as they are unable to come to terms on where Henry will be brought up. Nicole's home, Los Angeles, or Charlie's workplace, New York. The feisty and double-dealing interactions between the lawyers Nora, who is acted by Laura Dern, and Jay, Ray, acted by Ray Liotta, who embody the negative aspects of Nicole and Charlie, sorry, Nicole and Charlie, are painful to watch. There are pangs of sympathy for both parties, though the portrayal is arguably more in favour of Charlie. The movie ends with both their divorce and not quite living happily ever after. But it is a kind of... It's not a tragic ending, per se. Definitely not. No. Um, I, 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 like, I like this... Uh, I read about Noah Baumbach has a way of ending movies. Because as, as a bit of background, we should talk about Noah Baumbach. His filmography is very, very... Very based on human relationship um, and very natural kind of plots. No sci-fi, anything like that. Like, all his movies are pretty much very similar in content to uh, Marriage Story. You got the Squid and the Whale, which was came out, I think, two thousand and five. But it's it's basically about a parent's divorce, and it's from the perspective of the child who's a rough teen, who's 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 a teenager in high school, and that's actually based on Noel Baumbach's own parent or his own parents divorcing when he was young. Another movie called While We're Young is um, another movie from his kind of biography, I could say. Um, it's about an older couple who kind of befriend a younger couple, and the older couple realize that they're kind of growing up and losing touch with the world and everything. Um, they're all very personal and they're all very touching. Um, some of the movies are a lot better than the others. I mean, he certainly doesn't have the perfect filmography and this, in my opinion, is probably the best movie he's done. And I guess that gives a bit of context as to what his movies are kind of like. They're very natural and kind of really work. And the way he ends his movies, as we were saying, we were talking about, the characters, they always seem to kind of meander um, into back like into life in a sense mm. rather than like having a solid like character arc and they end the movie with some sort of revelation and they develop or something like that the characters never do that they just kind of accept the things accept things for the way they are and just move on with life which i love because it's just so natural you know like that's just how we all are like like in this movie charlie realizes that he's not going to get back together with nicole and he accepts it and but it's not tragic they still end up being friends he still gets to see his son, Henry, and everything sort of is happily ever after. But it's not happily ever after in a tacky sense that they do get back together, mm. which is nice. Yeah, I love these kinds of conclusions where it doesn't leave you wondering like, oh, what happened next? It's It, it strongly kind of implies like, you know, what their lives will be like from that point on. Mm. But there's no real loose ends that mm. leave you wanting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's great. Yeah, it's it's... He's got a nice way of directing. It's pleasant. Anyway. Um, pleasant. That's a good way to describe his direction. Yeah. Do you think? <laughs> yeah. No, no. I, I agree. Yeah. 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 Um, so I think we should start off by talking about what this what this movie entails, right? So 
mean, it's pretty obvious. There's a lot, a lot of different themes in this that we should briefly discuss. Um, it's a divorce movie, and it obviously focuses on everything that would involve divorce or would be involved in going through divorce. Um, there have been divorce movies before. This isn't particularly new. Um, a good example of a, a good divorce movie is Kramer vs. Kramer, which was in the 80s, I think, with Dustin Hoffman. Um, yeah. Yeah, and who was a uh, female protagonist in it, his wife? Uh, Meryl Streep. Oh, that's it, Meryl Streep, yeah. Uh, one Trump doesn't like. Yeah, so it's a divorce movie, and it explores everything that would be involved in with that. But what I like about this movie is that it's so natural. It's it's Everything is just relatable because it's realistic. There's nothing about it that's, like, unexpectedly bizarre, like you normally expect from Hollywood in general, whether even in Hollywood rom- romantic movies, you know, a lot of the things they do, and that is just, like, yeah, I wouldn't really do that in real life kind of thing. But um, but in this movie, everything feels natural, and the way the characters react to thing, it just seems it it seems to arise as a consequence of natural ways of life, rather than like a deliberate plots, kind of directed by the director or the scriptwriter or whatever. Yeah, I I think you've pretty I think you've articulated it pretty good there actually. Like uh, a a lot of rom coms or just like I don't know films about romance, uh, as you said it the plot is kind of the foremost thing yeah and as a result it it's not deep and the reason this film feels so natural is because the characters are complex they're actually very realistic people yeah yeah and so it's almost it's almost like you know as a writer myself i I know that it takes almost no effort to sort of proliferate a plot from these characters because they're so fleshed out they and their interactions just create natural conflict yeah i mean talking about the characters and how three-dimensional they are it's it's um they do a good job of kind of like at the start you know he they start off with the whole nice comments about each other for therapy and stuff like that and um you kind of learn about their little idiosyncrasies that they have and one of those is um charlie he he likes to conserve power so he turns the light off you know and it happens at the start and he turns the light off when Nicole's reading a book and he turns it back on for and apologizes and he actually does that consistently through the movie one example is when he's um told to leave or not implied to leave and go to a hotel when he goes to Nicole's house and he flicks the light off as he leaves and leaves her in the Mm -hmm. dark again and just like little things like that like you can kind of see the characters and what they are really well through the movie and you kind of like really bond with them yourself because they just seem so natural i also like how that it i don't know you could read that as like a symptom of him not recognizing nicole you know that's her like gripe with him for the divorce and stuff yeah yeah like you know he as you said he leaves her in the dark because like you know he just doesn't like bother to sort of keep that in his head yeah that she's there i mean it does and that 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 does actually showcase his selfishness he is a selfish character he's quite self-centered in some sense he's a bit of a narcissist i would say another thing i did like as well is the music in it it's not it's not overbearing like you have in a lot of romance movies it's kind of comes in when it needs to but it's very pensive and kind of relaxed mu- music it kind of reminds me of the music from forrest gump like very passive and not very like emotional not too strong yeah but like it's not used very frequently it's only used in kind of like scenes where they're transitioning between certain acts or whatever like that and stuff like that but it's really well used and doesn't make it too emotional it just makes it more natural Hmm. so 
I guess the biggest theme of all, I mean, there are plenty of themes in this, which include the obvious things about divorce, such as gender equality, whether um, the mother should take care of the child over the father, um, gender or divorce laws, which ties into the gender equality, because this movie does imply that the gender laws are sort of outdated and that the women kind of get more when it comes to divorce. And, Mm. you know, given that we have more equality or heading towards better equality, then obviously we should tone down the bias in these divorce laws because it doesn't matter. And there's also a good good element of um, conflict of living place and city as well because the two characters are living on other the opposite sides of America and and there's constant conflict there of which city is better to live in. And the general consensus by most of the characters is LA because of the space, as I keep saying. To be fair, it does look a lot better than New York. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I like you know when he's he went, like you can tell he's in New York straight away because there's always cars beeping out on the street and stuff. Yeah, I kind of like that. Like if I was living somewhere, I, I do like it when I can hear cars and stuff. So like to each their own, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, certainly New York is more. I, I imagine it would be more dirty. Although LA is pretty big, so. I imagine a city wouldn't be very nice. It's just because they live in Hollywood, which is like the nicest place of LA. True, true. Anyway, um, the biggest thing for me, though, the biggest theme in this is love. And I don't mean that in a tacky way. I mean that seriously, that Bornback does such a good job of portraying love in this. He shows how complex it is and how, how love prolongs through all of these dilemmas that we have and it we can still keep loving someone at the same time as hating them as well which the two of the characters the two protagonists always seem to do and the biggest part of divorce is just moving on emotionally not not the whole who gets what stuff and all that kind of stuff it's it's more the emotional aspect which is difficult and he he does such a good job of of portraying that and really like showing how relatable it is because if you've been through heartbreak and gone through a relationship and ended it you you know exactly what these characters are feeling and he he portrays that so well Mm. and i i think that's the most powerful aspect of this movie yeah for sure it's hard to portray something as vague as love so succinctly yeah and i think one of the things that make it so clear is this sort of elements of you know the lawyers being the the logical part of their relationship yeah and it's like you know the the polar opposite end of the spectrum from love which is like all emotion to and then you got these like cold rational thinkers sort of picking apart their relationship and like or specifically like the worst parts of their relationship mm-hmm. and it just really you know highlights the the good stuff yeah it's it's pain the lawyers are painful aren't they like watching the scenes involving them just twisting everything it is but Fucking Ray Liotta is such a mad cunt. I just love seeing him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's um. You know what's confusing is that his his what his act the actor's name is Ray Liotta, right? Yeah. The um the name of the character is he acts is Jay Marotta, the lawyer. Yeah, it is weird, eh? <laughs> Which is like, why would they do that? Like, clearly yeah. that's like meant it rhymes with his name, Jay Marotta, Ray Liotta. Yeah. But like, why? What's the point? Honestly. <laughs> Yeah. Um. Anyway, do you think Laura Dern should have won Best Supporting Actress? She was pretty good. I don't know. She she was pretty good. Uh. Well, I really love how you could never tell if she was like being insincere, like <laughs> is because you know she's like at her at Nicole's party and stuff, and 
she looks like she's having a good time but i don't know when it in the earlier scenes when it you know came down to brass tacks and stuff like she's fucking ruthless and like yeah and like she's always smiling and it kind of looks fake but i just i just couldn't tell yeah like i thought that was a pretty that was like a good aspect of the character yeah true that uh, that is a good point it kind of um it's almost sad like being a lawyer if you've got to be like that you know um yeah that's what it feels yeah. like like she yeah like when she's talking to uh nicole at the very start when they meet together it's almost like she doesn't really care about what she's going through yeah exactly. she's just doing it because it's a job which like i don't really like you know i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because it is a job you know she can't care for everyone but she at least has to pretend to care yeah it, it, i don't know it, it, that's actually a good point she was very good at doing that i guess that's and why like, she won it yeah and like her, she, she i felt like in that the scene where they first meet she's really playing up this like you know this like mother character she's really going hard into like the like the safety mother archetype how do you mean uh she she like hugs her and she gives her tissues like she takes off mm. her shoes and like gets on the mm. couch with her she's really trying to create this like sort of comfortable aura but like you know b- because of the situation and her being a lawyer and like what she says it's i just can't help but feel that there's just, it's just she's just this really glib person yeah 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 glib's a good word for it. yeah yeah so it's, it's almost laughable the way that two lawyers act yeah yeah it's, it's well yeah that's that's another thing like when ray liotta you know shows up and she's sort of talking to nicole he's like oh this this dude's ruthless like we're gonna this is gonna be like a fist fight yeah and she's talking shit and then he, he she goes up to him and then they're all like amicable like hey yeah. how you going like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's people are like that though even mm. if you're not lawyers you know like there's so many people like that in the world you go to work and made no work man you pretend to be nice to them it's just like it's just sad really like can't you just be honest to people if you don't like someone just don't like them but no it can't be well yeah it's the way the world works thing man like if you have to work with them like just being upfront about not liking them is probably maybe not the best way to go well i don't know some people do that though yeah i know (laughs) yeah um anyway anyway makes your divorce official this can fuck me what who's that charlie shouldn't have done this what do you mean? Where's Bert? This means that everything we've agreed upon now is off the table. We've got LA, right? Not with Jay Murata representing him. This is a street fight now, and I'm gonna have to ask for things that we wouldn't normally ask for. The system rewards bad behavior. Jay? Hey. Hi. I saw Miriam at Medeo the other night. Yeah? Looking very handsome. Uh, you know, you should come to our stand-up to cancer. So, what's the, um... What do we want to talk about today? Well, I was reading a study, interestingly enough. Um, the study is called, Is Skills Training Necessary for the Primary Prevention of Marital Distress and Dissolution? A three-year experimental study of three interventions. Yeah, it sounds like you can really tell what this, what this fucking study is about from that shitty title. Anyway, so this study was published by the American Psychological Association back in 2013. And basically, if you read through it and dissect the data, you find out that what they did was they were kind of looking at other ways to prevent divorces and separations of relationships because the divorce rate in some places in the world are phenomenally high. 
like something like one in five at some points in America, maybe even more like one in three or something like that. Marriages would end in end in divorce at certain like twenty years ago. It's it, it's I think it fluctuates depending on period of history and stuff, but yeah. it can be really high. So obviously studying this kind of stuff and and making sure like finding ways to minimize it is very important economically and emotionally for the populace as well. So what they did was a one of the methods they test was basically tested was they got waning couples, couples that were looking at possibly getting a divorce or really having problems with their relationship to watch divorce related movies or movies that just show breakups or or tragedies in relationships. Um examples of movie movies that they watched were Anne Karenina and Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Those are two examples of many that they told them to watch. And what they found was that basically watching divorce related movies, just the two just a couple watching it together, no other people there to tell them whatever, they just watched it and discussed it afterwards, was just as effective as going to see a divorce therapist. Which is pretty amazing because one costs a lot of money and one doesn't, which you know, like, it's kind of one of those things, like, you can pay for, like, a doctor to get some expensive surgery done, but you find out that there's actually a much easier solution to that, and, well, this is kind of it, I guess. And yeah, just sniff some essential oils, you'll be right. Well, what's the, what's the sickness? <laughs> what, what illness do you have? Oh, just anything. <laughs> just essential, essential oils, oils or anything, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're essential, man. That's why they're named for that. Are you an anti-vaxxer? That's what you Excuse sound me. like. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, 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 I thought this was amazing because it, it kind of showcases the, the power of um, film and movies and, and media. Like, this indicates movies to me are the ones that are more powerful than, say, books. I mean, if a couple read books together, I don't feel like it'd get the same effect. I can't say that for certain, though, because there's not actually been a study done on that. But, I mean... Well, I mean, what do you think, Pat? Yeah, you I think, think just from like you, a, an intuitive point of view, I'd, I'd say that movies would be a lot more effective, yeah. like considering their effectiveness of emotion. And, you know, the movies are nice and short. You can sort of get it over with, you know, efficiently and talk about it soon after. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's amazing, really, when you, when you think about it like that. Um, um, yeah, and, and I just noticed in life, you know, you don't... You, you sometimes meet people that have extreme qualities about yourself and that kind of after the woods you reflect on you think like man that that dude was an asshole and then you realize that it's just like a sort of extreme version of what you've been doing kind of makes you introspect and be like oh maybe i should stop doing that yeah and 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 that's what um so someone who reviewed this study basically said is that so well what i quote since people watch movies all the time what exactly makes this intervention so magic I think it's the couples reinvesting in their relationship and taking a cold, hard look at their own behavior that makes a difference. For these couples to stop and look and say, you know, I have yelled at you like that before. I have called you names before and that's not nice. That's not what I want to do to the person I love the most. It's just that insight alone is likely what makes this intervention work, which is what you're mm. saying. It's, it's, it, it, it allows you to introspect. That's what's, what, that's what's powerful about movies. Basically, I mean, we, we can look at films as something that kind of like some films are the opposite, you know, they don't, they kind of immerse you in a fantastical world that you could never truly encounter because, you know, it's, it's not, it's not possible. Like sci-fi or something, for example, you know, you, you watch that and you, you wish you could be in that world. Yeah. But on the other end of the spectrum, and I think this can be just as powerful, if not more powerful 
is a movie that can immerse you in a world that is completely palpable and it, it evokes past memories and emotions and allows us to introspect into similar points in our own lives and and see what we did wrong and improve on ourselves or mm. and yeah which brings me on to I guess I, w- I wanted to relate this to something Patrick came up with a couple podcasts ago during our Parasite podcast. He came up with this thing called an, a knowledge simulation, which is what movies kind of take us through. So in that podcast, we were discussing capitalism and how that ki- how that is kind of portrayed in Parasite. And I guess our point was was that you can read about capitalism in a book and get all the straight facts about it, right? You can read anecdotes and get some sort of like perspective on it, on what happens when capitalism is is imposed on society and how people react to it, whatever. But the best way to portray how something like capitalism impacts on people emotionally, financially, or in any way is through a movie. And in that sense, that's why it was called a knowledge simulation, because it sort of simulates that the knowledge that the book kind of contains, because obviously everything in a movie is fictional. But what? So... How I've come to... I don't know. Is, did I say that? Yeah, correct? no, no. You, did I you got kind it. of... I just... I just yeah? I've sort of constructed it in a more, like, uh, terse way. So, philosophy is just knowledge in a vacuum. It's... Whereas meaning, which is what you get out of, like, stories, meaning is the application of philosophy, which is, you know, mm. the important shit. It's the purpose of philosophy. Yeah. Mm. Right. Okay. Yeah. What do you mean philosophy is knowledge... In a vacuum. Well, I I don't know. You could probably do that vice versa. Like, it's just, I don't know, you know, it's just all well and good to know these things, to read a bunch, to have all these ideas and concepts in your head. If it's never going to come up, it's if it's never relevant, then, you know, what's really the point? Yeah. That's just all I'm saying. Yeah, true. Yeah. Well... Anyway, um, I'm just saying, like, films give us a good outlet to see the usefulness of philosophy i guess mm. yeah i, I kind of wanted to um elaborate on knowledge simulation yeah go for it um so the way i look at it is this is copyrighted by the way don't try and steal my fucking knowledge simulation well under is amttm uh, a method to the <laughs> yeah, madness yeah. is that what it's copyrighted under yeah. so we got equal ownership over it no I'm, I'm saying this to the audience I bet um, in, in five years, I better not be browsing Dimmicks and see Knowledge Simulation written by some random cunt. I'm going to sue you, so you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'll sue you too. <laughs> we'll, we'll both sue yeah. you. The com- this, 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 our enterprise, because we're so fancy, we'll sue We're going to get Rayleigh Otter to represent us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, he's pretty cool, but <laughs> Laura Dern was pretty good as well. Yeah. I don't know who I'd take. I guess Ray Liotta because I'm a bloke, but anyway. <laughs> anyway, so knowledge simulation, I, 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 it's just kind of just me relating, like kind of just looking, attacking it at a different way. But when movies portray something, portray knowledge, simulate knowledge, I guess that's what the term literally says, it allows us to combine our fundamental carnal emotions that we all humans and animals have since the birth of time and allows us to get that and combine it with artificial societal constructs like what like society everything in society is artificial i mean society only really existed over the last couple thousand years so it's unnatural to us and sometimes those things in society can kind of conflict with what our natural instinct says 
but it's necessary to keep society existing properly. So, like, for example, in Parasite, which I go back to, um, it gives us human reaction to the unfairness of capitalism, I guess, is is kind of what that movie's going for, because it's kind of showing how shit capitalism is, and you've got the Parks, who are rich, and the Kims, who are poor, which... Patrick and I just noticed when we were editing our podcast that we this is this is very important that we swap the names around the whole podcast and we're gonna put it in the notes but yeah we're admitting to our mistake and we apologize you're gonna apologize Pat <laughs> no fuck no why not <laughs> go on apologize to our viewers There's, I don't owe anyone an apology man Mate, you, 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 you know what I was talking you, about you hosted that podcast it's your fault you know what? Maybe you should apologize to me. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry, everyone. I'll good. Gonna good boy. 109 lashes for me. 109 after this. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So it shows us that the rich and poor, the poor kind of despise the rich, and the rich despise the poor for their own reasons. And it kind of shows us the way that they combine together. And uh, I, I guess this is kind of important into what I'm going to lead to when it comes to marriage story. Um, marriage story is again a knowledge simulation that combines the primal instincts of love and heartbreak something that is naturally programmed into humans and animals for procreation and all those good things and it combines that with the it's convoluted i guess with the unnatural laws of divorce and custody and all that kind of stuff because that's how society works if we didn't have laws then we wouldn't have a society Thus, we need laws on divorce. And those two things can really be hard at kind of combining together. I mean, it's hard to obey the laws on divorcing when you're so dictated by your emotions on love and heartbreak because they might contradict each other. That's interesting. I I never thought about that, but like marriage is kind of like like a confirmation of love, you know, because like in especially in Western, the Western world, we conflate symbols and abstractions for you know like reality itself mm. instead of you know understanding that sort of language is derived from knowledge it's like i don't know a lot of people get it reversed i think yeah the you know the abstractions sort of begin to inform how they think and yeah there's just like this concept of marriage it's like it's almost like your love isn't real until you get married because it's tangible it's there in the real world you know yeah and so it's like when you do get divorced it's this you think your love is gone because the real world sort of evidence of your love is gone. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Like, and I, I guess mm. that's what happens when you that that like that's what society's in in a sense what all of this is about is kind of it gives you a way of tangibly recognizing your emotions in a sense. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's I, I guess that's me trying to kind of bundle up this idea of knowledge simulation into marriage story. I mean, and and another kind of thing I wanted to talk about was, and it's related to this, of course, is that um, well, we had we did the podcast on Joker last week, which we did talk about society as well, but in a very different sense. Society in the Joker, well, I guess the Joker and his ideas and his ideologies kind of call out how weak society is, in a sense, and he mm. temporarily devolves society into chaos at the end of the movie by creating these riots that never that that happened because of the state that the society was in and i guess joker shows us what happens when society goes wrong when society fails and doesn't do well for the populace then what happens is what happens in the joker 
or in Joker, the movie, you get chaos, right? On the other hand... When things don't go according to plan, everyone loses their minds. Yeah, that's yeah. a quote. By Man, that, that, that fucking Joker scene is just infinitely versatile to every discussion about that, That's a hospital society. one, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love how he blows up the hospital and the story behind that. In dark, the you know when he presses a button. And it, what? How it wasn't planned? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, apparently that's a myth. Apparently it actually was planned. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, not as cool, I know. But sorry, yeah. sorry to bum you out like that. <laughs> oh, you sounded really despondent when I told you that just now. Yeah. I'm just, uh, anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Anyway, the Joker shows us what happens when society goes wrong. On the other hand, marriage story shows us how unnatural and wrong society already is. Mm. Marriage story, I mean, it's real, right? Like, all the laws in it actually do exist. And if you go through, if you unfortunately go through divorce, then you will have to encounter these laws, which may seem very wrong and unnatural and contradict your emotions because you don't understand why you don't get your kid when the other person ends up getting the kid 100% of the time, whatever, you know. Like, it would really contradict your emotions. And I guess... They're two different scales, Joker and Marriage Story. They both t- show us what can be wrong with society, but in Marriage Story, it already is wrong and highlights what the problems that arise due to divorce. So I guess at the end of it all, I mean, like the study shows that we discussed, this, this it's, it's these ways in how movies can be so powerful because they can evoke emotions and our reactions to things in society and, and laws and stuff like mm. that. Um, it can also teach us morals as well, um, which is a big thing of marriage story. It teaches us, I guess, for these people, for these studies, so for the patients or, sorry, the, I don't know what you call them, lab rats of the study, they end up watching these divorce movies. And, and the big thing they learn in this is, which I quoted before, is is that what they're doing could have been wrong before. And, and the movie kind of makes them better by giving them, a bit of perspective on it and therefore they can introspect on it and it gives you a moral teaching right mm. like you realize after watching marriage story oh maybe i shouldn't treat my wife like that and shout at her and and all that kind of stuff and i guess that harks back to what storytelling has always really been to some degree is just trying to teach people to do the right yeah. thing and that's why i find marriage story so beautiful did in our parasite podcast did i read out a quote by robert mckee maybe no um man he robert mckee in his book story talks about this principle of well not really a principle he talks about this thing about having uh they're like beats for your experience Mm. and stories do this unique thing where you can have an emotional and a rational beat at the same time and that kind of thing doesn't occur in real life Usually how it goes is you're in the moment you have either an emotional or rational beat. Right. And yeah, well, I know just as you were saying, you know, this film kind of does a great job of inspiring that kind of like rational introspection and emotional reaction at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it, yeah. It, it really like blends them together. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole rational and emotional. And I guess more emotional comes out in these kind of situations. I guess the lawyers are sort of the rational side to some degree, while the characters themselves are mostly emotional. Yeah. I I, I just want to talk about my favorite scene in this movie, which is the argument scene about 90 minutes through. Yeah. My God, like, 
th- like that's got to be one of my favorite like scenes in just all films now. Like it's so good. It is pretty good. It's just so well acted. It it, it it's like goddamn good acting by Driver and Johansson. It's incredible and just like I don't know. Like if you've ever had an argument with your partner, like a bad one, which may have ended in breakup or not. That's pretty much how it goes, where it starts off rationally and then it just descends into like emotional chaos. And then one of you's, one of you guys or girls ends up going on, the f- like breaking down on the floor, sobbing or something like that. Like it's just like, you know, it, it's so archetypal in a sense, yet it's so good as well. Mm. It's not tacky. Like, ah, oh, can't get over that scene. Gets me every time. I've seen this movie so many times and that, that scene is just incredible. Yeah. That- I feel like movie definitely does build to that scene. Yeah. It's it's I'd say that's like a pretty good microcosm of what the film's about. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. And I guess it's like the the end point of their re- fin- finally ex- final final acceptance of their divorce is all in mm. that scene. Yeah. You're welcome. I can't believe I've know you forever. Oh, you're fucking insane. And you're fucking winning. Are you kidding me? I wanted to be married. I'd already lost. You didn't love me as much as I loved you. What does that have to do with LA? What? You're so merged with your own selfishness, you don't even identify it as selfishness anymore. You're such a dick. Every day I wake up and I hope you're dead. Dead like if I could guarantee Henry would be okay. I'd hope you get an illness and they get hit by a car and die. I think that um, mostly concludes, well, does conclude what we have to say about Marriage Story. Have you got any further recommendations on what to watch? If you don't like Marriage Story, what can you recommend Patrick to watch? So if you just want to sort of lose all hope in humanity... And just fall down a spiral of pessimism. Uh, I'd recommend watching the first season of True Detective. That's I'm about halfway through myself right now, and yeah, that's it's quite the bummer of a show, but fuck, it's brilliant. Like Jesus, yeah, some of the best TV I've seen probably in a while. What have you been watching? Interesting. Well, I always like to um, if you want something related to Marriage Story. If you've watched Marriage Story and you want more depressing, well, not depressing, but if you want more realistic movies about breakups and stuff like that, um, I've already mentioned it, but Kramer vs. Kramer is a good good um, divorce movie, and so is Shoot the Moon, another kind of old-fashioned, not old-fashioned, like, it's old-fashioned now, but I guess it was, it's not that old, but it's, like, from the 80s, and um, another movie about divorce, which is worth watching. Um, one that I like is Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, though? That's a, yeah... Pat and I would know about that one pretty well because uh, we both studied it in literature class together in high school many I years ago. I rewatched it recently, actually. Yeah, it's based on uh, based on a play. Originally, a play written by well, it's written by Edward Albee, and um, it's been adapted into a, a movie as well, which is yeah, I don't... It's in black and white, isn't it? It's quite old, very old, but it's a good movie. It's 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 not necessarily about divorce, but it's about a relationship that's unhappy, like the two protagonists in it well i don't know two out of four protagonists in it or a couple and yeah well, i guess the two couples in it are both unhappy with each other and they kind of draw parallels between them it's, it's very good very um 
very like analysis worthy i would say like good good quality shit yeah yeah i i'd say i i probably like this more that more than marriage story it's what yeah no. i don't know like i i really love that tragedy of the the main two characters you know they've it explores their history and they've got a lot of history and uh it's like it's it's more tragic in the way that you know they can't really divorce now because they've just like put it off for so long yeah that this is this, this faulty marriage has kind of become their entire lives yeah and yeah i think it's more tragic in that way yeah that's fair enough um hmm. yeah okay i like that yeah cool well um that concludes this week's podcast if you'd like to listen to more stuff if you haven't already listened to our previous podcast you can find our website on the link amttm.com uh, if you've got any inquiries or you want to tell us how good or bad we are please email us at mail at amttm.com we can our podcasts are available on usual platforms which are patrick youtube spotify itunes soundcloud stitcher and that's it uh itunes i didn't i say itunes I don't know. We do this every week, but I get you. I get you to say it because I can't remember them all. Uh, yeah. Anyway, there you go. But next time, join us. Next week, join us. Hopefully, um, for Ad Astra, the 2019 movie. 2019 movie. Sorry, with Brad Pitt. Very sci-fi. Completely different Amaris story. I haven't actually seen it yet, so I'm looking forward to yes. it. Yes. Hell yeah. We watched uh, Interstellar recently, so this will be an interesting comparison. Yeah, Inter- Interstellar. Just for context, it's one of my favourite movies, so this better be good, because you reckon it is. <laughs> I haven't seen it. What? I thought you'd seen it. Nah. Didn't you say to me, like, it's, like, just as good as Interstellar? It was in my list that I thought will be good. Oh. Um, well, yeah. join us next week to praise or grill Ad Astra. Mm. As always, thank you for listening. Well, we'll see you next week. See ya. <laughs>